Well, let's, let's do that. Let's turn our eyes to his uh, wonderful face as we um, look, uh, continue in our journey through, through Luke. And today we look particularly at uh, commitment. And not, not necessarily our commitment to God, but God's commitment to us. Um, good friend of mine uh, was an elder in the church that we served in Mobile named Skeeter McClure. Um, Skeeter uh, had uh, some great ways of just uh, explaining things uh, every once in a while. And, and he said, you know, you, you know, here's the, the, you know, it tells you the difference between a contribution and commitment. Uh, no, Skeeter, what? A country breakfast. A country breakfast tells you the difference between a contribution and commitment. Because when you sit down for your country breakfast, you know the chicken made a contribution, a really nice contribution. But when you eat the sausage and the eggs, the pig made a total commitment to your breakfast. And that's what we look at today about total commitment that Jesus makes to us. Not just a nice contribution, not anything having to do with us and whether we deserve it or not, but everything to do with Him and His character, His sacrificial love for us. Passage is on page 858, um, uh, starting with uh, verse 39 of Luke chapter 22. And, and to set the scene, Jesus is now headed to the cross, and he knows it. He's told the disciples this is where he's going. He's already predicted that Peter, one of his closest disciples, is going to betray him, you know, is going to deny him. He's already predicted that Judas is going to betray him. He, and so he knows that's where he's going, and he's trying to prepare himself and the disciples for this trial, for this, this grand um, temptation. So, um, Luke chapter 22, starting with verse 39. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Now let's just stop right here for a moment and just see Jesus' commitment here. I mean, see Jesus' commitment to the Father. That He is, he is committed to the Father. That in this time of His greatest stress, of His greatest trial, of His greatest temptation, His, his greatest struggle, speaking totally humanly of, of Jesus' full humanity, as was His custom, that the text says, as was His habit, he goes to the Father. 
goes to the place. The, the disciples even follow, and they knew where he was going because this was his prayer place on the, the top of the mountain. At, at this time, he, it, so it wasn't that, that he was just doing this out of the heat of the moment. This had been bathed in a lifetime of seeking the Father. We're, we're told a couple times in, in Luke that Jesus had a couple customs, a couple habits. One was to go to the synagogue to meet with God's people to engage in God's Word. And the other one that he was, was his habit to go on the mountaintop to pray, to seek the face of his Father. And, and we see here that this is hard work prayer. I mean... Th- th- this is prayer where he is in anguish, where, where he even is telling us that he's sweating blood. He's, he's on his face, struggling with the upcoming pain and the temptation to avoid it. And, and he's, he's fighting with God, struggling with the, with the Father. But, he, but Jesus has taught us to pray this way. To, to pray in this kind of anguishing way, right? I mean, the prayer that he taught us, one of the phrases, he said, lead us not into temptation. And he's modeling that for us now. In, in a prayer that's, that's not, this is not token. This is not just a, a few words we, we memorized you know, as a child. This is bearing our soul before Almighty God. In this time of trial, he's committed to the Father. You know, I mean, I find the people I'm most committed to are the people I argue with the most. I mean, do you find? I mean, people I'm not committed to, I'm not going to argue with them. You know, why waste my time? Why waste their time? But people I'm committed to, they're the people that I argue with the most. They're the people that I struggle with. They're the people that I cry with the most. The ones that I'm committed to. And so we, we see here that, that Jesus is struggling with God about this temptation that's before Him. And He's committed to the Father to follow the Father's way. He commits Himself to the Father's plan over His own. Right? I mean, that, those are the words that He prayed. Father, I don't want to do this. In the fullness of His humanity, He does not want to do this. I mean, He knows, He sees, he, he, He's recognizing what's just ahead. The whip across His back. The thorns jammed into His head. The nails in the flesh of His hands and His feet and the spear in His side. And the piercing of his own heart that his closest friends are weak and deny him and betray him and desert him. Of course he doesn't want to do that. No human in their right mind would want to do that. But he is committed to the plan of the Father. See, it's, it's desires, our human desires, which Jesus had. He, had the, he was fully human, and He had human desires like anyone. But His path and the habits of His life is He grew in wisdom so that Jesus, God the Son, in full human form, so that His desires were in perfect alignment with the desires of the Father. And brothers and sisters, that's our charge. 
That's, that's, what, that's what discipleship is, right? That's what the spiritual disciplines are for. It's not to just put our desires down and keep throwing them away. It's to own our desires and align them with the desires of the Father. Like what we talked about last week, you know, that, that, that the challenge for us to, is to, do we desire God's benefits or do we desire God? Now, do we desire heaven or do we desire the Lord of heaven? You know, and, and Jesus is showing us sometimes the challenge and the commitment to the plan, to the desires of the Father. And how challenging that can be. In our times of prayer, like, like Jesus, our our cry with Jesus is not my will be done, but yours. Now here's the good news. Here's the, what's so phenomenal. Is that as Jesus is aligning himself with the Father's plan, because the Father's plan, and has been since the beginning of time, was that God the Son would become human, and he would become the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the servant of all. And that He would come to be among us in order to die. In order to take our place. In order to suffer what we deserved so that we could indeed receive what He deserved. That's the Father's plan. For God the Son to come and take our place in His death and resurrection to destroy the power of sin, destroy the power of death, to destroy judgment for all who are in Christ Jesus. That's the plan of the Father. And it was going to cost Jesus totally and completely. And He's aligning Himself with the plan and the will of the Father. Now, let's go back to the passage. So we see Jesus' commitment to the Father, and the Father's plan is clear, and He's committed to that in order to suffer and die and be raised from the dead for our benefit. Verse 47. While I was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, is it with a kiss that you're betraying the Son of Man? When those who were around him saw what was coming, they asked, Lord, should we strike with the sword? Then one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. I, I love that. Just that little piece right there. And here Jesus in the midst, he's been sweating blood because he sees what's going on, but yet his character that's been formed in his life, his life of wisdom, in line with the Father, he brings healing even in the midst of betrayal. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple police, and the elders who'd come for him, have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a bandit? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. 
But he denied it. Same woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else on seeing him said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour later, still another kept insisting, Surely this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. But at that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he'd said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. And yet, God the Father and God the Son are committed to us. Even in our weakness, in our betrayal, and in our denial, Jesus still says yes to the Father, still says yes to the Father on our behalf. Paul in Romans 5 tells us that some people might be willing to die for a good person, but not many are willing to die for a bad. And yet... Christ shows His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. That's why Luke puts this together right here to show us. I mean, Jesus is praying, the disciples are sleeping. Jesus is being led to His demise, to His crucifixion, and one of His closest friends for, a few, for 30 pieces of silver, just a little extra financial bonus, is about to betray him with a kiss. And then one of his closest, one of his, one of his, his right or left-hand men in, in Peter, three times in front of him, denies him. Denies him to his face. So it's not just an, one of those things that just happens in a moment, you know, and then you say, oh man, I should have done, should have done it differently. You know, and just a fleeting mistake. It was a flawed Character. It was a flawed soul in Peter. And yet Jesus stays committed. The commitment is Jesus. And that's what we celebrate. That's what we receive. That's what we're overwhelmed by. You remember Ted Kaczynski? He was the Unabomber. Yeah, for about 12, he's brilliant, this brilliant child prodigy. You know, he graduated from Harvard, then got his Ph.D. at University of Michigan, and then was on, he was on the, the staff as a professor of Cal Berkeley by the age of 26. And in, in the midst of that, really just lost touch and moved into the mountains. And from the late 70s to the, um, uh, into the late 90s, he would construct mail bombs and send them to people that he despised or he felt like were, were evil. Killed three people, injured 23. A couple were collateral damage because it was like a postal worker you know, who was delivering you know, the bomb to others. Eventually was captured and uh, um, is in jail now. You don't hear much about his mother, Wanda. Um, uh, Wanda had a mother's love for her son, even who committed such evil, who, even who was so flawed. 
And she, for, from 98 when he was in prison till she died in 2010, wrote him letters regularly, weekly, to which he never responded. Never once wrote him back, never once talked to her. And the few times he did talk to her, he talked, to her, talk, talked about her in disparaging terms. But she continued to her dying day to send him letters of love. That's the picture of Jesus here with us. He has that kind of love for me. He has that kind of commitment for you. Totally committed to me and you in spite of us. Call to you today, to us today. You can be a murderer. You can be a hater. You can be sexually deviant. You can be into child pornography. You can be cheating on your spouse, cheating on your taxes, cheating on your tests. You can be filled with conceit or fury. You can be a wimp who never takes a stand. You don't even have the guts to say the words Jesus out loud. Jesus knows. And He died for you. Just like He died for Peter who denied Him as He was hanging on the cross. Just like He died for Judas. Just like He died for the apostles who slept during His deepest time. If there's anything you hear today in the midst of our helplessness is to receive and know that love, that sacrifice, that commitment that is to you. Whatever that sin may be, whatever that weakness, whatever that denial and betrayal, Jesus loves you and is committed to you and he's committed to us. I'm always amazed as I consider this with with, um, Judas and Peter. If you read on in the the passage, it tells the rest of the story with Judas and Peter that, that Judas... again, who betrayed him, he then went by himself and refused to to look at Jesus, refused, I'm sure filled with embarrassment and horror and terror and never got back with the other disciples and, and eventually killed himself. Peter committed just as just as terrible a sin, denying Jesus to his face in his terror his embarrassment and his horror went back to the disciples. He kept his eyes on Jesus. And we know the rest of the story. He became one of the great leaders, ministers of the church, still fraught with errors along the way. But he kept his eyes on Jesus. It wasn't about Peter's commitment. It was about Jesus' commitment to him. So for you or for anyone you know, this is the good news. That Jesus is committed to you and to us, even to the point of death. Every time you have a good country breakfast, know His commitment for you. At the end of the service, 
So we regularly have a time of prayer in the prayer room. There will be some folks that will be praying. Um, love to pray with you and for you. And, and maybe today is just there's something on your heart. Um, there's some way of just, you just need to renew that sense of accepting that scandalous grace. That total commitment of love for you. And just in prayer, receive that. Or it may be that today's the first day you really ever do, done that. That you've been thinking what it means to follow Jesus is about your commitment to Him. But really it's about simply receiving His commitment to you. And, and you, you've been frustrated, you're tired, you're worn out, trying to do it on your own when, when Jesus has already done it for you. So I invite you as we spend this time in prayer that you be listening to the Spirit within you. The Spirit will be, will be calling you to that time of prayer. Don't talk yourself out of it. Listen to the Spirit if He's speaking to you. And during that time of prayer, I invite you to come into the... And I'll mention it again at the conclusion of the service. But maybe today is a day to renew or receive for the first time that total commitment of Jesus for you. Let's pray. Almighty God, we do marvel as we consider your love and commitment to your creation, your, your love for us. We, we, we celebrate and are overwhelmed when we consider the love of Jesus and his willingness to sacrifice for our behalf, to do so innocently, to, to take the shots for us. We praise you, we, we marvel at you, and we, we pray that you would help us, Lord, even to receive that. May your, your spirit awaken our soul, open our eyes, open our hearts. Take our heart of stone and give us that heart of flesh to receive that love, to truly receive it fully from you without anything that we do to add to it or subtract because you are so grand and so great. And Lord, and so fill us, Lord, as we receive that, that indeed you send us out filled with that grace and mercy. No longer, no longer... Um, Overwhelmed by guilt or shame or terror or fear, but freed in this grace and this mercy. We, we indeed want to turn our eyes upon you so that we might be witnesses of your grace and mercy to those around us. Speak to us now, Lord, of those, for, to, for ourselves, ways that we have tried to do it ourselves ways that we've made it about our commitment instead of simply receiving yours. Reveal that to us as your people. And as you just pour over us of your love and grace, so fill us so that we might indeed be about that grace and mercy wherever we go, at home, at work, at school. And Lord, we... 
We pray particularly for those in need of that grace and mercy to be, be reminded of that um, total commitment that you have for us. We, we, we pray um, particularly for um, just schools this week and for all the students in these, this last week and this week upcoming as the school's starting, for those that are starting kindergarten for the first time, those that are starting new grades, moving to new schools, um, heading out to, to college. Lord, we, we pray your hand of provision and protection that they would each of those students would know your commitment to them they would receive and live into the fullness of that that commitment they would speak and 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 live in ways that are characterized by your grace and mercy that that you would be at work through their education renewing their mind taking every thought captive to christ We uh, pray, um, Lord, for those that are be teaching and those that are uh, leading in, in schools and, and uh, throughout our city. We uh, take this time as well and we lift up one another to you in need of your um, healing touch, knowing, Lord, that they are resting in your total commitment unto them. We pray for uh, Jerry Dwyer and surgery this week and for Sam Routson and surgery this week, for Judy Bethel as she continues to recover from uh, surgery. We pray for Dick Blank who's been diagnosed with cancer this week. We pray your um, hand and, uh, upon them. Um, Lord, we, we pray for... Mary Bodmer and for Dan Simmerlink. Continue to pray for Grace Fisher. Continue to lift up to you all in need of your healing hand. Others that, that you bring to mind, we, we lay them before you. We entrust them to you now. For you are just as committed to them as you were to those that even that denied you to your face. Lord, we're overwhelmed when we consider your commitment, your grace, your mercy, your sacrificial love. Now, Lord, we come before you in uh, one voice, seeking to be your, you, the people you're calling us to be, a people that, that live into that, that total commitment you have for us and that we respond and, and give it back to you, that we indeed keep our eyes on you and join with one another and seeking your face and being who you've called us to be. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, let us continue to worship as indeed God has given all of Himself to us. Let us now give all that we are unto Him, what fits in the plate and what doesn't. Let us in worship offer everything unto Almighty God.